Hey guys, welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? As you remember from the last episode, we are now on a new cadence. So the 15th and the first of every month, we are releasing a new podcast episode. So today is obviously the 15th when we're releasing this one. Um, And this is part one of the investment series. So This is Investing 101. It goes over definitions. Basic, we talk with a financial advisor on investing and what it means and different avenues that you can look at. Part two, which I actually just finished recording, I'm so excited for you guys to hear. It's one of my favorites that we've done, is with myself and two other investors um, that I really admire and look up to their investment strategies who have set themselves up to retire, actually, that comes in part two. So part one is this one. Make sure you understand all there is to investing in stocks in different avenues. Um, And then part two will be released April 1st. It is not a joke. And that will be on diving in more into very specific strategies that can help you grow your money. We're going to talk investment and finances and who better to have than Lilia Schwitzer, financial advisor, certified plan fiduciary advisor uh, with Raymond James Financial Services in Costa Mesa, California. She's been doing financial advising for over 25 years, and she's been with Raymond James James for the last 11 of those years. So I'm really excited to have her on and help our audience learn how to grow their money and their finances, especially and the craziness that is uh, stocks and everything going on right now. So thanks for coming on the show, Lilia. Thank you, Dali. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope everybody will enjoy our conversation. Yeah. So just to baseline everyone, um, what is a financial advisor, right? Like what are, what do you guys do and what do you maybe not do that um, people might not always realize until they work with someone? (laughs) Well, funny you ask because it's a very great, wonderful segue to the mandatory disclosures that I have to tell you guys and read (laughs) you Um, because that's one of those things. As a registered financial advisor, I am very highly regulated because we work with people's monies. So of course it makes sense. Um, So really quick, let me just read the disclosures for you guys. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC, Investments advisor advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisory Incorporated. Investments involves risk, including the risk of loss of principal. Please note that this is not a recommendation of any kind. Please consult a financial professional in regards to your personal situation. And that's that. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, what is a financial advisor? It's really interesting. I've been doing this for so long and our our job, our role has evolved so much um, to accommodate the needs of our public and to accommodate the availability of trading to the public in our industry. Mm. Um, so back in the day, um, a financial advisor was just kind of like a broker. You know, you would call your broker and you would say, I want to buy some Apple stock. And you, they would just place the order. Um, but what happens is that in, people do need a little bit more guidance. They do need um, some more education when it comes to buying stocks. So we are now more of an educator and our goal and our comprehensive planning of what's going on in your life. And we recommend investments to accommodate those needs. And yeah, I think something that's good to note before we get started as well is something you mentioned in the beginning, right? So you're a financial advisor, right? <laughs> it mm-hmm. depends on people's situations, their, how, you know, how much they're willing to invest, their risks. Um, there's so much going on with the market and, and depending on what type of investments you're doing, Every situation is different. Um, You know, anything that we cover here uh, will hopefully be good advice for people. But, you know, you do have to 
account for your own personal situation. Um, and so being able to bring you on is a huge privilege, um, but it is something that, that is difficult because you obviously, you know, people need to make their own judgments as well. And so you don't want people running off and, and there's a reason people work with you guys one-on-one, right? Um, <laughs> so you can Absolutely. give very personal advice. So, um, but this is going to be a great start for whether, you know, you're new to investing or, you know, you're, you're looking for s- some advice as, as you've been grow- trying to grow your money, right? So, yes. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. I'm- so what is just like basic, 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 um, very start, say someone hasn't even invested, um, maybe they just got a job or maybe they've just been making ends meet and they've been focusing on their, you know, their other needs in life and they haven't actually looked at investing and growing their money or saving, where would you have someone start? You know, how can someone get started with investing and growing their money? Okay. Well, I would say start with setting a goal. What goal is it that you want to accomplish? So if um, if you want to set a goal to save enough for purchase of a home or making sure that you make, make headway or start working towards saving enough for when you, you know, the word retirement or now better for our generation is when you choose not to work, right? Do you want to get to that point where you just want to, wake up one morning and say, I don't have to go to work if I don't want to, (laughs) right? That's wonderful. That's where you really would like to get to. That's your goal. So just decide, think about your goal and and work towards that goal. Um, So then work backwards. For example, let's say that you want to purchase your home. Okay, now it's 20% down. You need to have a lot of cash. You need to set a goal and say, okay, 60000 that I need for down, down payment. Um, what kind of investments do I want to do? What kind of, how often do I want to add to that account? So that's how you get started with that. Okay, nice. And so as we talk about investing and these investments, what are investments, you know, like at the most, what are them? So I typically think like stocks is where most of my investments are. And even within stocks, there's different type of types of stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the different in, investing mm-hmm. investments that you can make? And mm-hmm. then within stocks specifically, can you explain the different types of um, stocks that there are? Yes. Um, and now this is where we we talk about this is very a very individual conversation, right? So everybody's situation is very different. There's a saying in Mexico because um, in case you haven't noticed, I have a heavy accent, but in, there's a saying in, in in Spanish that says "cada cabeza es un mundo," um, which translates "every head is a world." Well, every financial need is its own world, and 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 responsibilities to it, right? So the types of investments in general, just top view, is stocks, Johnson & Johnson, Microsoft, Apple, things like that. Mutual funds, which are generally offered any in any investment firm, but very typical people see them in their 401k accounts. There's also something called ETFs, which is electronic trading funds. They're very similar to mutual funds. Um, they generally just kind of follow the market of a specific sector or maybe a combination of sectors. Um, a sector meaning one specific uh, industry. Technology is a sector. Yeah. Energy is a sector. Um, consumer expending is a sector, right? All those things. So it's, there's... Those are the top few investments. Um, and then I can go on because now you have <laughs> contracts and futures contracts and things like that. But as a beginner, an investment beginner, you want to 
look at mutual funds, stocks, ETFs, maybe even bonds, a combination of a bond, which is a contract that they're going to give you an interest rate return based on borrowing your money. Great. So what, so stocks, um, I guess, return on your money and investing, right? So Mm -hmm. stocks, and I'll, I'll just start with my understanding and we can, you know, tell me, you, you know, you can say right or wrong, but I always see stocks as like, okay, you know, to your point, you're looking at a company and, you know, what is the perceived value of that company and how that goes up and down. Um, would that be relatively accurate? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a, a stock is, is what it is, is, um, is a piece of ownership from a company that's a stock so you are if let's say that you want to buy microsoft Mm -hmm. you are technically part owner of microsoft okay so you buy a stock to benefit from the gain of that company and in turn if that company does poorly then of course you lose right you you lose value of the company so what measures the value of a stock is you know there's a lot of variables um but in general the size of the company the cash flow of the company the strength of the company the popularity of the company there are companies that um that have been in the news <laughs> uh, <laughs> recently and um, everybody's scratching their head because people are keep buying these stocks because they're popular, but they really don't have, They you can argue that they don't really have a true value under that company. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that answer your question? A stock, you are part owner of that company. Yep. So we'll stay on stocks for a minute. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits in investing with stocks and what are the the risks that people should keep in mind? Mm, Okay. The benefit of purchasing stock is you are more directly affected by the success of the company. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say that, let's stay with Microsoft for a little bit. Okay. Let's say that you own a thousand shares of Microsoft. And let's say that instead of buying Microsoft outright, then you decide to invest the same amount of money into a mutual fund that owns stock with inside the mutual fund, right? Mm-hmm. Well, generally a mutual fund portfolio could maybe equal 2% of the value of, of Microsoft inside its portfolio. So then if Microsoft really shoots up in value, then now because you own the mutual fund and only a third, let's say, for example, ownership participation in Microsoft, now you're really not going to directly benefit from the company and or vice versa if it goes down, if it goes, you know, if you remember Mm -hmm. Kodak, it's no longer with us, right? If you remember um, another company, well, Kodak is still here, I think. That might, but um, Blockbuster. You remember Blockbuster? Mm-hmm. That went out of business. So, so those are the examples of what you can lose. So the benefit is if the value of the stock goes up, then you benefit. Then um, if it goes down to zero, then you're, you lose the, all that investment. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And it can, I found that it can be tricky and that's where, you know, maybe working directly with a financial advisor is beneficial um, or, you know, just taking your own risk, which is what I t- oh, <laughs> it's, do. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's very beneficial because you need to, you know, look into it even further and decide, well, what kind of company stock do you want to buy? Yeah. Do you want to participate in a company that's established and in, in under large capitalization like Microsoft? Or do you want to buy a young company that is still 
trying to grow and collecting money to For invest sure. in this, you know, in its growth. So it's very, very important to to um, seek professional advice. Well, and the other thing that I tend to, or I'm still learning myself is, and I, I don't know if you ever get to the level where you, you know, you fully know, but when to sell in those types of companies, because, you know, I've, you see the ups, right? So um, I'll use like Peloton for an example, right? That company, you know, the pandemic came, everyone's working out from home, that that company shot up. And depending on when you bought in, you could, you know, ideal world, you're selling at the top, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you never know where the top is. And and different things happened. And again, um, like what's going on even outside with like social media and and TV actually influenced it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up seeing that that significant drop. And, um, you know, if you if people held on to that one, they would have, you know, most likely seen a loss versus Mm -hmm. if you sold it and got a profit, you know, you might have been been off well, or um maybe you sold it after the first couple months because you thought hey the pandemic's gonna get better so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna sell it off this is at the high and then the pandemic lasts another year or two and Mm -hmm. you're like oh okay it would have kept going up so i think Mm -hmm. that that weighing of when to sell it and that risk is just such an interesting game you know (laughs) yes well it's you know it's i i always think because remember i've been doing this for so long and i've been helping families and and customers and clients with this exact question and it's it's not easy i mean if it was easy we wouldn't have professionals <laughs> like myself and financial advisors um to be here to support so it's if you're doing it on your own and you're by a stock like you mentioned, for example, I I would say just think about what you're doing, think about your goal, set yourself a goal. Okay. If you're if you're buying a stock um, and you did your research and you're confident in this stock, and no matter what, it's gonna go up or you're gonna hold it, just just think about that. Set that goal mm-hmm. first, okay? Mm-hmm. Set a I'm going to set a goal to take gains. If, if it goes up really high, I'm going to take my gain and then just close my eyes or it same <laughs> it starts going against me and, and the value starts going down. I'm just going to take my loss and get out. Um, mm-hmm. Always really get yourself, um, set yourself a goal and set the reminders. Look at it. Um, we get busy in our lifetime. And if you just leave it and forget it, you, you're just really not controlling it, right? So it's if you're doing it on your own, you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. You sometimes, you know, if you leave it, a lot can happen day to day and month to month, mm-hmm. and, you know, so keeping mm-hmm. tabs and feeling comfortable, you know, hey, let me like, I, you know, let me take my wins or or let me be okay with the losses that could come with that. Yeah, just like the, the beginning of the conversation, right? Having a goal of what is it that you're trying to accomplish and and stick to that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then mutual funds, um, those ones are more, they tend to be like managed by someone correctly. Can you explain mutual funds a little more like what what they are and then um maybe the same like what are what are the pros and cons um that you would see with mutual funds well it's you can't really say that there's a pro and there's a con i mean it's 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 different um benefits and risks yeah so the the um a mutual fund just think of it as a large basket okay um that that someone is managing for you, they're, they're picking what they're going to put in the basket. They're picking what they're going to put in the basket and when they're going to take it out. That's, that's their role. That's their job. And what they're putting in the basket and what they're taking out of the basket are companies 
and shares of those companies. That's a stock. So one share of one company um, or 50 shares of one company, right? That's that manager is deciding what they're doing inside that mutual fund. Um, it's valued at the end of the day. So a stock, uh, a share of a company is valued during the day because during the day, it gets exchanged. It gets traded back and forth between mm. people or entities. Mm. Uh, a mutual fund doesn't trade during the day. It gets valued at the end of the day. Of it's, It gets, okay, what is, what's in the basket? They take inventory of what's in the basket and what are the value of the items in the basket. And that's how they set the value at the end of the day. That's a mutual fund. Mm. Um, and how can people find good good mutual funds? And because it's one thing to find mutual funds, you know, what are tools to assess um, how mutual funds are being managed? I guess consult a professional. <laughs> um, <laughs> because um, you do have a lot of parameters, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, some mutual funds have been around for many, many years, and um, sometimes they close those mutual funds for new investors. Um, you know, if you have a very successful mutual fund, and remember, it's a basket and it's being managed by one person, um, mm-hmm. you know, or if it's a very young basket, um you know, with a young mutual fund, uh, you really do need to consult with a professional or call the company directly. Uh, You can always, they are always available to help and educate the public. Mm -hmm. Great point. Yeah, some things that I've found, I should say, like variables that affect it. Um, To your point, there's many, right? So Mm -hmm. who's, who's managing that mutual fund? And, and you can even see if, if the actual person maybe changes, um, one person might, might manage it different than the next person or, um, something that you, you know, looking at, or at least in my like 401k, when I set it up, I looked at, you know, percent growth and, Mm -hmm. and there's percent growth in the past six months and it spans all the way to percent growth in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. And you can see, um, that that percent growth you need to take into account okay what was the rest of the market like i think when i entered and started my 401k it was a really good time which is and that was the first time i had started investing in all this and i was like wow awesome everything's doing so well <laughs> i think it was like 30 percent growth it was insane yes. um and i was i was talking to my dad I was like i just picked so good you know and he's like okay just be careful you know the market it's just very generous right now. It's being very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that changes. So, you know, something that's like super crazy good right now and, and, and trending up um, might not be the thing when, when things come down or people get uneasy and that market starts to, to come down, they might not be the same things. But, you know, sometimes they are. And that's awesome. You know, maybe it just changes from a, a steep growth to, to a more steady growth. Um, but to your point, there's a, a lot of variables to consider. Um, and you might not, if you're not evaluating them all, you might not know them all, right? You might think, wow, look at the growth they've been having. And and maybe it's the person running it. Maybe it's the market right now. Maybe it's um, the company. Um, even with stocks, I can see like CEO changes can significantly affect it. Different things like that um, yeah. are all good things to consider. Yes, you're absolutely on point about that. um okay and then let's do the same on etfs so we talked about you know there more segments like technology energy consumer spending Mm -hmm. how do they get compiled um because i know mutual funds were saying okay that's someone else managing this they're deciding how much and when and which companies um, what about ETFs? They're very, very similar. Um, and they do have, 
you know, someone supervising the ATF, but it's more electric, electronic base, more computerized compu uh, trading base. And they do trade during the day. So you don't have to wait at the end of the day to find out what the value is. Um, it's because it's really, it's, it's built to collect a lot of different company shares and very similar to a mutual fund. Um, but it gets valued, you know, as it trades. So it's, but it's, so you still have somebody watching it. You still have somebody managing it. And, you know, and, and there are so many now it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the mutual funds when they were first created back in, oh gosh, I didn't have the year ready in my head, but I think it was Vanguard that created the first mutual fund. I forgot the gentleman's name. He's passed on now, but, um, but it's, it's a new way of investing, right? So it's, um, it's, it's very similar to mutual funds, except that they trade during the day and they were more computerized. Can you explain that for the people who don't know? Um, mm -hmm. When you say like ETFs are able to be traded during the day versus mutual mm -hmm. funds are, are not. Mm -hmm. Okay. So remember that basket? Mm -hmm. So the basket in a mutual fund, right? At the end of the day, you gather up the value of those companies inside that basket. Um, the ETF, since this, we already know what those what can, what is in that basket, it's the value is being calculated immediately. Um, so it's not based on the value at the end of the day. We already know what's in there and it's, you can buy it and sell it during the day. If, if one ownership, one company that's inside that basket has a wonderful day and as an exaggeration, it goes up 50%, right? Mm -hmm. um, then that ETF, you're going to see that impact pretty much immediately because it's, it's uh, raising the value of that basket overall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I hope that answers your question. That's in, in vice versa. If a company goes down in value drastically, then you're going to see it right away in that ETF value. Yeah. So mutual funds are the ones I have. It's like, you, you know, you say, I want this many shares of it. And then at the end of the day, it'll say, okay, this is, or this much money. And it'll say, okay, you ended up purchasing this many shares versus ETFs. It's more of like, um, at least how I go about it. And again, this is different for everyone. Like we're saying, I'll pay more attention to, you know, when um, um, I'm I'm jumping into those um, and trying to get, and I, you know, you can talk to different people have different things of, of how much that really matters. Um, but with me still early, wanna, you know, biggest bang for my buck, I typically try and pay attention. And, and when it, when it goes down a little um, throughout the day, that's, that's maybe when I'll purchase it and buy in. Um, versus I know some people with mutual funds, if you find one that you like and that's managed well, um, I have friends who they'll just, you know, this percent of my paycheck each month, they it, it goes into the mutual fund. They're not necessarily paying attention to at what point or at what time. Um, and, and it's just going in there and it's more of a consistent thing. And it's like, hey, this is this is a better investment than than me just putting this money in a bank account. Right. Um, but obviously making sure you're picking a mutual fund, um, paying attention to how you choose the mutual fund. And then, um, you know, that uh, percent allocated each month, um, you can have more confidence in, in doing that. And, you know, I can talk to you about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Probably some of our listeners are just like rolling their head, their eyes in the back of their head. <laughs> But um, it really is um, very exciting. It really is very, very much part of our investment structure and our in our economy to participate in the market. Mm -hmm. So yes, just just you know, you have you have uh, structure. You have ways to invest ways to participate in the growth of our companies and, um, you know, mutual funds, ETFs or stock directly. 
are just a few. Exactly. And, and there's so many ways. The more I talk to people, the more I find new ways and strategies to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know there's, there's some good tools to even just, um, you know, try it with like fake money, right? Like I know there's apps and stuff that you can, you know, say, um, to practice and play around. And, and that's even, you know, a good first step if you don't feel comfortable using your real money, um, or, you know, financial advisors, if you don't want to input that, that effort in that, um, time that obviously, um, if you're putting your money in, you want to pay attention to, um, so there's a lot of different strategies and we can, we can, um, actually, you know, on that, um, I have some that I use and I'll, I'll share mine after, but I love your take on different investing strategies that you recommend. Um, well, you know, it's really important to find out what kind of investor you are, first of all, you know, um, some people may not be good investors and they may not be able to sleep if they think that their mm. value of their purchase is going to go down 20% or, you know, 10%. It really, you really depends on what kind of investor you are. That's, you can have an investment strategy without knowing what kind of investor you are first. Mm. Um, how cool. much risk can you tolerate? Um, that's very important. Um, so there are questions out there. There are like, for example, for my clients, I do have a series of questions that have been put together by professionals and very smart um, economists and invest investment um, doctorates that ask similar question, but in a different way to kind of find out really what kind of investor you are. Can you tolerate purchasing stock directly? Uh, would you rather just have a mutual fund? Because a mutual fund, again, the basket, well, it serves another purpose that we haven't spoken about. It serves the purpose of diversification mm -hmm. and spreading your your eggs or your basket, <laughs> your, your eggs. Not, don't yeah. just put all your eggs in one basket, right? Mutual fund within itself in this strategy, depending on the mutual fund, again, that in itself is diversified. You're not putting all your investment in one company. You're putting your investment in several different companies. Um, so that's the, the, the strategy, yeah. really. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just buy it on this day or buy it on and sell it on this day. Yeah. Or, you know, if the moon is shining bright, it's none of that. It's really what kind of investor are you? That's the yeah. biggest recommendation that I would give you. I love that because even... I mean, money doesn't buy happiness or peace, um, but it can buy a lot of other things. Um, and so obviously you want to grow and, and we'll talk about, you know, how to do like, you know, what you're saying about a diverse, diverse portfolio. But I love what you touch on is what kind of investor are you? Because mm -hmm. because making if maybe your portfolio is making good money, but maybe that's all you can think about all day. And when you're hanging out with friends, all you're doing is looking at that. I, you know, m maybe that's not worth it. Um, and obviously it depends on your state and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. being able to invest with peace of mind, I think is huge. Um, mm -hmm. and that goes with what kind of investor you are and what, what you're willing to tolerate, um, and what you can co feel comfortable doing while still, you know, having a, you know, peaceful life. It shouldn't control you either. Right. And then before we move on to another question, I really do want to point out that the strategy, you also need to think about what kind of account you're going to put your investments in. Mm -hmm. Because within that, you know, see, see, you see now why I have a job? That's where they come again. Because now you have to decide, well, do I put my investments in just a regular account or do I put in investments in an account that that I can capture growth and gains without work or if I do invest and I do have these gains 
do, am I going to pay taxes on those gains? I mean, I'm sure if you are paying, if you're listening to this conversation and you're interested in investments, you listen to the news and you start talking about and you start hearing more and, and recognize capital gains, you know, that conversation about changing the taxes. We all know that we pay taxes, right? Remember the first time that you got your first paycheck <laughs> and you are devastated because you lose 20% of your pay to taxes and Uncle Sam, right? So that is a huge part of your strategy as well. Where are you going to put your investments? What kind of account? What type of account? Yep, for sure. And um, another thing on that to keep in mind is where are you in life? And that's that's mm -hmm. the goal that goes back to the goal, right? Like yep. me as a 26-year-old um, who this is the most money I've ever made in my life, but also you know, knock on wood, the least money I'll, I'll make in my future. Right. If, right. If I don't mess anything up too much in my job. Right. Um, yes. so <laughs> it, that's a very different strategy where you know, people talk about the cycle of the market and, and there's, you know, the theories of the seven years, it, you know, it all cycles and there'll be ups and downs and different things like that. Mm -hmm. I can, can withstand that. Right. Like yes. if I'm putting, and, and it depends, but you know, if I'm my personal strategy, if I'm putting the money in there, I'm assuming, you know, whether I move it around or take it out or do whatever or leave it, I'm not touching it. Right. Um, yeah. For the foreseeable future versus someone who's much older and they want to retire within the next five years. It's a very different strategy, right? They might not be able to tolerate um, severe fluctuation because it can, can impact when they'll retire um, and different things. So, you know, where you are in life, or if you're, you're about to buy that house, or you're about to have a baby, um, they, you know, depending on what your goals are, and how much you have out of the market, very, very different things to consider. Yes, and, and Uncle Sam, and strategy, <laughs> you know, how, you know, do you want to put your investments now in an account that will never get taxed? I mean, that, that is also very important, you know, that includes the type of account. Yeah, for sure. So you you touched on a good diverse portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different things out there on, I think one of the biggest things to withstand a volatile market um, and a market that's having the ups and downs. I know COVID in the era in the past two years, um, we've seen the highest highs and, and we've seen lows that we haven't seen in, in a very long time. And so diversity is something that that's um, extremely important to be able to, you know, continue the upward growth of that and not take super big hits. What does that mean? What does a diverse portfolio mean? And how can someone create a good diverse portfolio? Um, it's spread loading the risk. So um, there's a cute little insect. I don't know what it's called, but the the it jumps on the water, right? And it it can it doesn't swim, but it's able to stay on stand on the water because it spreads out its legs and it it kind of spreads out the, his weight of you know so he doesn't sink. Um, that's kind of what we mean about diversification. Mm -hmm. You know, if you type in the internet and look what the definition of a sector is, then you'll find different sectors, right? The energy and um, <laughs> drawing a blank, uh, technology and, you know, consumer spending. So you are all living in a time that you're so lucky, you're so fortunate to have every all this education in your at your fingertips, um, so finding a way where okay, inflation is hitting us hard. We all feel it. What companies are the most are the most affected by having high inflation, mm -hmm. and what companies are affected the most by our interest rates going up? You know, and how are those companies being affected? Are they going to be negatively affected or positively affected, right? You have companies that that 
the value grows because they start selling more of a specific item when people are sad and they're spending money, you know, they don't have enough money to live on. There's a specific sector that, that people tend to go for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I, you know, if you get yes. my trip, you know, so there's different, how is the world yeah, impacted by our em- environment and by our economy and by our politics you know, those, that's the diversification, owning a little bit of everything so that you're not affected by one real estate. Mm. I, you guys just look to see what happened in 08, 09, and 10, where our real estate values plummeted. Um, why did they plummet and what companies were the most affected by that? Um, you know, so that's what you look at and and you kind of diversify your portfolio with a little bit of all the companies and sectors that you like the most and that you trust the most and that you have more faith in. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Like if you can, can consider how people will, will think and react to certain things that definitely plays a factor. And yeah, affected by our politics and affected by our mm-hmm. environment and affected by, you know, all the things that that, that we're living in and in the world, you know, affected by the world actions too. Yeah. So war, you know, what happens if we do go to war? So those are the, that's diversification is owning a little bit of a li- of many different sectors so that you don't have to get affected. Your impact is not as severe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I on, on that I do remember um, when we had the election this this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had mentioned he's like, yeah, every time a new president comes, he's like, I notice that depending on what they say in their speech, mm-hmm. the that they're going to target in in their um, presidency, mm-hmm. he he will say he notices the, the stock market of being affected by it, right? So it's like mm-hmm. if they um, put a big push into like energy efficiency and, and, um, you know, um, like power that's, you know, whether it's solar power or different things, you'll all, all of a sudden see these stocks and, and who, you don't know how long they'll go up based on these words. Um, and sometimes by the time it's, it's, you know, if you hop on the bat bandwagon, you could be at the top or the bottom of it. Um, but I always find that interesting where it's like, you know, some key people or situations or uh, events can have such a drastic effect. You know, and if I may say something that we didn't, you know, it's I just want to point this out because this is part of my experience that I want to share with your listeners is that it's not just the value of the company that is bringing the price of the shares up, right? It's the popularity, is the demand. It's really um, the demand for one item. You mentioned Peloton earlier. The demand for that company, the demand for those shares, pushed the value of that company up. And, and so, yes, it's sometimes it's not just the true value of the company based on their cash flow and their their business plan, but it's also us, the people that are buying and selling these shares and what, you know, somebody might be willing to buy my shares at a higher price than what I would have been willing to buy for them, right? So that's the exchange of the market is going from one hand to another. That's what makes makes it so interesting, and that's what yeah. gives so many. To your point, so many people jobs. If it was so easy to just, <laughs> uh, you know, have perfect every time and and crazy growth, it, it you know people wouldn't have jobs. Um, <laughs> so I I do try and urge people because I do think there's there's easy ways to grow your money, right? Um, and then there's there's hard ways to grow it ridiculously fast, right? Um, I think I think there's a, a spectrum there, mm-hmm. and so you know I think it's worth looking into because you you know everyone works hard for their money, and so 
if you can work a little easier for it and it can do some work for you in the background, mm -hmm. um, more power to it. So the earlier you can learn about these things um, and these strategies and understand what's going on and, and what's less risky versus more risky, um, the, the, the quicker your money can grow, which I think is, is awesome. That's the idea. And then uh, <laughs> the idea is to get it to the point where you put your money to work for you. And now yeah. you, you know, that money is generating income. Something that we didn't really talk about is, is an, an, another thing to think about is dividends. You know, how is that ownership of your, the shares that you own of that company, is that company sharing further in their, in their gains by giving you a dividend? Mm. Not, not everybody gives you dividends. What, a dividend is, is just money, it's cash. They are give, they're paying you because you are willing to invest your money in their company. That's a dividend. Um, some companies are too young and they can't afford mm -hmm. dividends. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's another thing that you really need to look at. And as a senior, if you're not working anymore, you depend on dividends. That's what makes you, that's your allowance. Yeah, it is. It's like, and that's another thing to consider when you're investing, right? Divi mm -hmm. Dividends versus versus growth. Um, or at both. Or both, or ideally. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, right? That's awesome. So if, you know, you have a portfolio that's focused on growth and dividends, cool. Um, and then, so on that we talked about the what the market is doing and how that affects it um are there different strategies for when the market is more vile, volatile versus when it's more consistent or um, or would you recommend you know overall similar within both because you don't know when it's going to be more volatile versus more consistent it's it's i come back to the same the start of our conversation what is your goal Mm -hmm. So if your goal is to save for the time that you don't want to work anymore, aka retirement, then you are not going to touch that money and you, you're comfortable with that company. Of course, you, you keep an eye on the company and see that it's still growing and you, know, you, you invest in that company. You may set a goal. How often are you going to invest in that company? How often are you going to buy shares? Um, how often are you going to review it's progress, right? Um, are you going to be paying attention to its company's filings of, of returns? And how you is that going to affect you? Is that going to change your mind? And, you know, um, for example, if, if you love Disney and you're confident that, that Disney is your company that is going to help you grow your net worth, if what, what did you do during COVID? when they had to shut down the amusement parks. Did you give up on that company? Did you lose faith in that company and mm. says, okay, no, I'm out. I'm not going to participate in your company anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer an owner. You know, going back, that volatility, stick to your goals, stick to your plan. That is the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see. And then I just want to close on like saving, I think is a huge part of investing and in how much money you can throw in there. Um, so do you have any last recommendations on saving or final advice for growing your finances? Yes. I'm so happy because this is crucial. Very, very important. In fact, actually, it's it's okay that we we address this point at the end towards the end of the conversation and at the beginning because you probably would have forgotten. But I'm glad that it's the last one so that you can really remember. And my recommendation is savings first. If you don't have three to four months of money saved in your bank account for emergencies or in case you lose your job or in case you need to buy new tires for your car, whatever it is, 
focus on your savings first. Again, average three to four months of expenses um, is what you need in your savings and you keep it that way. It's okay it's not, that it's not earning interest. That's fine because the job of that money is to protect you and to be there, there for you in an emergency. Mm-hmm. So that is first, okay? Because you don't want to start investing and then have your tires pop and then have to take your investments mm-hmm. out at a time that is not right and you take a loss because you need to buy tires. Perfect. So savings is first. If you want to really get started now on your investing, then then you can do both at the same time. You can start with 1% <laughs> savings, 1% investing of your expendable income, right? Mm-hmm. So do one by one and then just keep going every month. Increase it to two and two or three and three or, you know, change it up a little bit and you want your savings higher a little bit more. So change it to 5% savings and 2% investing. So it's you just setting a goal for yourself, really looking to see what your what that goal is going to be and working towards it. Awesome. I love that. It is really important because I think um, that got some people um, as the market was going, going up and then it went down and, and people weren't sure, you know, with jobs and how much they had in savings. And mm-hmm. it's really unfortunate when you have to pull out and it's at the bottom, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> um, this COVID we're so fortunate and, you know, it's very, very unfortunate that we have to all live through COVID and, you know, we're still in it, but um, w- this lesson that we've learned is, is, is uh, precious, really mm-hmm. so valuable. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think this is such good advice to get people going and get people started and, and just have the background. And I think I'm going to end up doing a part two, so for people listening can go into um, some different strategies that maybe grab a couple of people and different strategies that that I've done that um, again um, this is my personal personal way of doing it not necessarily Mm -hmm. right or wrong Um, but I think I'm gonna we're gonna leave this one here because I think this is just like such a solid advice for, for any invest, investor um, to get going and, and actually know the differences and what to look into. So thank you so much, Lily, for coming on and sharing sharing that wisdom and knowledge here. You're very welcome. It has been my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And um, Lily, where, what are areas, if they want to end up finding you and reaching out, how can they do that? Well, um, you can start with my website, which is lilyschweitzer.com. That's L-I-L-Y-S as in Sam, C-H-W-E-I, T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra, E-R.com. There's a lot of resources there, too. You can contact me through there, or you can call me directly at 949-732-0174. Awesome. And... um... I'll make sure to put that information. Um, this is this will be posted on our LinkedIn, on our Instagram. Um, and so you know where to find us. Subscribe so you get the latest notifications. And, and we're starting a new cadence. So many more episodes to come this year. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. See you next time. Don't forget to check back in April 1st for more in-depth strategies on investing and growing your money through stocks. Um, you'll hear my investment strategies and from two people who are setting themselves up for retirement. Subscribe so you don't miss when the episode comes out. 